the next couple weeks are almost like an ode to Ginger. Yeah, unplanned, really. but it's kind of how it <laughs> broke down. Uh, this is his forced film for this season. Yep. Uh, it is the Devil's Advocate. Uh, first watch for me. First watch for you. Uh, yeah. First time I heard about this movie was when we added it to the uh, list. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, the only kind of show news that I have, we did join uh, Rachel and Mars over on Zombie Girls to do a Final Destination review. So that will be coming at some point. And one of our patrons upgraded and forced a game on us. So we want to give a shout out to Emily and Justin and I are going to play some Subnautica at some point before the season's over. Yeah, which is great because that was one of the games that kind of got slashed uh, because of the whole the kaiju. benching of kaiju. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so that'll be coming. We're going to mod it so we can do it cooperatively. It should be a lot of fun. But yeah, I think it'll be a blast. Besides that, Justin, what's been new with you? Um, so actually, I can finally talk about it today. Can you? <laughs> yeah, because uh, my... Good, I don't for- want to hear about it. As of recording this, uh, my review will go up tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of it, obviously, for no Larry's sake. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but uh, for the last two weeks, I've actually been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, and I beat it. Took me about <sighs> 17 and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, I it was great. The like <laughs> chainsaw demo. What's that? I watched someone play the chainsaw. Why didn't you play it for yourself? Because I don't have PS5. It's on PC. It's on Steam. The demo is? Yeah. Don't open Steam right now, dude. You will will kill this guy. (laughs) But yeah, it's on PC. Play it. You know you want to. I didn't know that. It looks so fucking good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I agree it does. (laughs) Holy... Like... Because the demo only takes place in, like, the, the, opening. the opening village. Yeah. I know when this was announced and it was coming out, I was, like, I had mixed feelings because... I, I, mean, I would say closer to negative feelings, but yes, okay. Because 4 is, like... Like, there are, th- like, three games that kind of bounce around with my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's Pokemon Silver, it's Resident Evil 4, and it's Spyro the Dragon. Yeah. And I just... I like, I wouldn't want to talk about it, like I I still play Resident Evil Four like it, yeah. it it's a good game still like it's a great game still and I didn't think it needed it but like seeing the demo hearing you talk about it I just oh I don't pre order games and I pre ordered it I'm so excited for next Friday yeah it's uh again I'm I'm not gonna spoil it for you or our listeners but yeah it's it's a good time it's a very good time well your review is gonna be out did you score it. Uh, no, so we don't generally score things at Dread. Okay. But I will say, so I wasn't a fan of Resident Evil 4, the original. Um, I know. It's your biggest sin. <laughs> yeah. Um, this has quite possibly made it my favorite Resident Evil game. <laughs> <sighs> if that tells you anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yeah, because... There is something we definitely need to touch on um, uh, when we review it on the show. <laughs> and we are going to be reviewing it the week after its release. So it two comes weeks? out on a Friday. So in two weeks from now, will be our Resident Evil 4 review because I'm, so, going to, I'm 
I'm just gonna no life it. Apparently, because Steam doesn't update till like what one p.m., three p.m. One one p.m. Eastern, yeah. Yeah, so I'll literally just go to work, come home, make sure it's pre-downloaded, and just come home and have some Red Bull and some Twizzlers and <laughs> kiss my wife and tell her I'll see you in a couple of days. I, I so I will say also, uh, it is the first game in a very long time that the second I rolled credits, I immediately started playing through again. I'm yeah. already about halfway done my second playthrough. <laughs> Are you playing on pro? No, I'm just playing on regular. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not for that life anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm time for dirty cash now. No, but it it was it, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm. I don't know. I'm excited for everybody to play, and I'll post the review everywhere. Obviously. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, what else though? Um, I've been playing a couple other things. I can't talk about quite yet. Um, Elitist. No, it's. <laughs> it's stuff that comes out like next uh wait no i better not say when it's not next week but it's later than that but okay um and then i started playing two things today uh dark cloud 2 on the steam yeah Deck, you told me which i forgot how much i love that game i never actually finished it so i'm hoping this time i actually like plow through it okay um and then i started replaying the last of us part one the remake <laughs> i'm waiting I have some friends who are waiting for you to call them. They asked me this week. Yes, actually. I know. I know. I know. I have to get around to that. I have to get around. Maybe I'll do <laughs> I, that. I told Maybe them I'll... that you have been in, in a slog of writing and that you will reach out. Yes, because hot damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, TV show-wise, I continue my trash TV by I'm watching The Circle. Yep. Uh, season five. I'm only. I only ever actually watched one episode of Mando so far. I haven't touched it yet. Yeah, I. I don't know what's keeping me back from it this season, but uh, I binged Boba Fett. So I. I, I binged Andor. Like the only one see, I didn't. The thing binge is, Andor was, was. Andor was amazing. I think Boba Fett burned me out a little because I did. I wasn't huge on it. I didn't not like it, but it definitely wasn't. I've been feeling burnt out since Obi-Wan. I think it's because I got Hayden and they went off the screen together. <laughs> you got what you needed, so yeah. you don't need any more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that that really scratched an itch from 8th grade Larry. So Yeah, that's fair. I think that's, that's kind of why. Cause I have, it's been hard for me to get myself to like want to do that. So Yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to, I feel like there's something else. I've been watching some other kind of just absolute garbage TV, but I can't think about it. Um, and then movies, I watched Devil's Advocate. And... I think that's it, really. What about yourself, Larry? So for TV, I only have like eight episodes left of Trigun. Okay. I'm liking it. Uh, it's kind of taken an interesting turn that I like, so that's been cool. Uh, and then I think Dev and I have four episodes left of Chainsaw Man. Mm, that's something I have to get back to. Yeah. Devin has been really busy. Tax season has just like, it's like yeah. the last month of it, so we haven't watched the last episodes of The Last of Us. So I'm not going to do it without her and that she yeah, only absolutely. has like Sundays for herself. So I don't want to like make her take like three, four hours to sit and watch TV, but yeah. she like has like other things that she wants to do because she can't do it throughout the rest of the week. So we will get to it and we are excited about it. It's more just like she's a swamp. Yeah. Uh, movies. I watched sort of our online ordinal scale. It's the bridge movie between season two and season three. Oh, okay. And uh, it was cool. I mean, it, SAO is never going to be like, I'm going to rank them like really high up there. 
Yeah. But I mean, as someone who likes video games and as someone like who would love to see like a, a VR world, right? To be able to go in and play games like that, like to play Final Fantasy like that with your friends. They do have VR MMOs. <sighs> I know. I got to get past. The last time I did a VR, I got sick. So I've been That's, that was so long ago, though. It's, well, it's... and it was also because he bootlegged o- OG Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah. So, so I was playing OG Resident Evil 4 like behind Leon's shoulder. And like the frames were just shit, so I took those goggles off, and I swear to God, I've never had a headache like that. Yeah, don't worry, it's 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 not like that at all. Yeah. I promise. Uh, I watched Twilight. Uh huh. That was something. Uh, took me back to high school. Um, that was something. I watched Devil's Advocate, and because I am soft and I have no convictions, uh, I wouldn't saw Scream Six. Yeah, I don't. I. Mm, I want, I want to watch it, but yeah, you're busy. You're working like seven days a week, you psychopath. Plus, you're writing like you're a crazy person. I know. And Tuesday was my chance to go see it. And I was like, Nah, I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna back Larry on this. I'm not gonna go see it. And then motherfucker goes and sees it that night. To my credit, I used free uh, tickets that I had through my Cinemark app, so I didn't actually oh, nice. buy nice. tickets. Yeah, I mean, I'll get around to it when it comes to VOD or whatever. I'm sure it'll be like a month or two. It was violent. Um, I think it missed Sydney. Melissa Barrera, she plays Sam. You remember her from the last one? No. She's the one who's uh, Billy Loomis's daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. She's better in this one, but she still sucks. It's just a lot of like really stupid shit that like, no competent final girl would do. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, she's definitely the worst part of the movie. Um, but like I, I even with that, I think it's like probably top three or four. Like one and two are like obviously like for me like on a level alone. Yeah, three's similar, but the other direction. <laughs> but I think like uh, four, five, and six. This is better of all those. Interesting. Easily. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah, games. I beat Sekiro. Uh, we are reviewing oh, yeah, Justin did too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, that review is next week. We are going to be joined as a ginger forced, <laughs> uh, and we're going to be joined by the person who was my MVP of my playthrough, uh, the newly crowned Doctor Stephen Schur. Oh, congratulations! So. I'm glad that that hearing went well. <laughs> so, I, that's not what I took away from that hearing. What I took away from that hearing was Larry's butt was falling out. <laughs> patrons know that story uh yes yep. and then i finished up my resident evil 4 professional run so nice. i have the 100 percent completion of re4 on steam and i'm just i'm jonesing i am jonesing for next next week just huh. books i finished the loney by andrew michael hurley um actually it, me and a couple friends are doing a, like a book and board game club. So we're going to meet like once a month to like review a book that some, like one of us picked, and then we're going to play board games. Oh, nice. Especially on Saturday, we're doing that. We're starting it. Um, we've already met. It was okay. Uh, it kind of committed like my biggest cardinal sin when it comes to horror thriller books, where you have a lot of like really cool build, and then you fizzle out at the end. Mm, the old Stephen King. The old Stephen Devin said the old Stephen <laughs> King. That's correct. 
Uh, I finished Battle of the Labyrinth, which is book four, the Percy Jackson, so I only have one more left. I finished, uh, oh, sorry, I started Breaking Dawn. That's the second last? The last. last I might do Midnight Sun, which is the Twilight from the perspective of Edward. There's an, oh, okay. Like the whole series from his perspective? (laughs) No, just just the first book. Did they do a whole series based on that? Or no, I, don't, just... I don't think so. Weird. We'll find out. And then it's just as bad. And then today I started uh, another nonfiction book called Winning Fixes Everything. Um, you don't watch baseball, but no. nope. uh, the Houston Astros got caught doing something really bad. Like they cheated the Winter World Series. They had a camera. Is that the one where they were hitting the, the trash, trash can or something? Yeah. I, I've yeah I've heard about it yeah. So it's about the, a journalist who actually wrote for a local Houston paper who got chased out of town by the Astros, and then kind of got fired from his new job because he was asking too many questions. Huh. And so it's his like it's his whole story about how he uncovered it and going back to like how like the Astros organization was like rotten from the core, like, and how like someone could have seen this happening like decades earlier. Wow! So, so I'm is really he, like, excited rich for now it. or something, or are the Astros like... still involved? Or oh yeah, they, the Astros never they didn't get the World Series taken away. Like the the manager got fired, the general manager got fired, but the, they never got the they never got the rings taken away. None of the players got punished. That's fucked and up. That's man. part of his story too. Is like MLB, like they didn't come down hard enough on it, so people are like, that's why the title is winning fixes everything. Like, yeah. Because yeah, if so. they lost doing that, they'd be yeah. getting a lot more shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then just update on my wrestling. Uh, MJF, he is the AEW world champion, had a rebar mitzvah last night. I don't know. You Dude. know what a bar mitzvah is? Like you turn a yeah. man in Jewish culture. So he had a new one. <laughs> okay. okay. And, and it got interrupted by a couple people who want to challenge him. It's wrestling and it's stupid, but. It's two Devin, hours what did Devin's mom think about it? She was unimpressed. Uh, she entertained me, which is really all I can ask for. <laughs> she was happy that they laid out all their stories because, like, a pay per view just ended, so like it's the new season like, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she made fun of them. Made fun of me. <laughs> Not <laughs> but surprised. That's fine. But that's fine. She watched it. She watched <laughs> yeah. it, and she she cared enough to make fun of me. Which you know, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to talk about The Devil's Advocate? Oh, man, I guess. Let's get to it. Boom. That's it. Cool. Background. It is a 1997 American supernatural horror film directed by Taylor Hackford. He is an American film director and former president of the Directors Guild of America. Oh, I thought you were just going to say he's just straight up former president. No, he won the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short for the film Teenage Father in 1979. Uh, Other films people might know of him is An Officer and Gentleman. Have you seen that? No. That's a that's a that's a fun rom com, uh, and Ray, the one based off of uh, Ray Charles. Okay, I've 
I've heard of it, and I've seen the DVD on my parents. He DVD was nominated case. for an Academy Award for Best Director in the film for Best Picture for that, but they didn't win. Stars Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, and Charlize Theron. Uh, I mean, those are three names I don't need to describe. No, no. <laughs> uh, based on It's based on Andrew Niederman's 1990 novel of the same name. Uh, kind of a little bit of background, Pacino's character Satan takes the guise of a human lawyer named after the author of Paradise Lost, John Milton. Uh, the story and direction contain allusions to the epic of Paradise Lost, also Dante and Algari's Inferno, uh, and the legend of Faust. Um, shot on a budget of $57 million, it grossed $153 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a huge success. Something kind of fun I found out about, and I just kind of t- stole this straight from Wikipedia because I'm not a, a lawyer by any means, but the film was the subject of legal action in the Supreme Court case Hart versus Warner Brothers in 1997. The claim was that the sculpture featuring human forms in John Milton's apartment closely resembled the ex Nilo sculpture by Frederick Hart on the facade of the Episcopal National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., and that a scene involving the sculpture infringed Hart's rights under copyright law in the U.S. Hart and the National Cathedral jointly initiated the action with an argument similar to architect Levis Wood's successful lawsuit over imagery in the film Twelve Monkeys. Wood's successful lawsuit over image uh, sorry, defenses available to Warner were that the effect was designed without knowledge of the statue and or fair use. After a judge ruled that the film's video release would be delayed until the case went to trial, unless there was a settlement, Warner Brothers agreed to edit the scene for future releases and to attach stickers to unedited videotapes to indicate that there was no relation between the art in the film and Hart's work. The settlement happened on February 1998, which meant that 475,000 copies of the VHS and DVD could finally go to rental stores. It's kind of funny that a vi- that a video game, a movie about that is like so heavily focused in law, became so like. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big court case. Like a lot. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. So I have some trivia as always. I've okay. been kind of doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Keanu Reeves accepted a lower salary so the producers would be able to pay Al Pacino's asking price. When Pacino found out about this, he donated the amount of his salary to charity that Keanu Reeves lowered himself so him to take. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool too. The boxing match that Lomax and Milton attend was not staged, but in fact a legitimate world championship boxing match. It occurred on October 4th, 1996 at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Roy Jones Jr., who was the IBF super middleweight champion, squared off against the top contender, Bryant Brannon. Jones knocked out Brannon during the second round of the belt. Jones would later appear in another Keanu Reeves movie, The Matrix Reloaded, in 2003. Okay, okay. Charlize Theron uh, apparently had a lot of contemplation before appearing fully nude in this film because she had turned down a role in Showgirls for the same reason. But she said that this character had a lot more depth to her. Yeah, I can see that. When Eddie Barzoon is running in the park, the three joggers chasing him are each wearing a color associated with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. More specifically, the color of the horses. One is in white, representing the horse of conquest. 
One is in red, representing the horse of war, and the final is wearing black, representing the horse of famine. Milton, who is reciting a monologue during this scene, um, is wearing green. Green is the horse, color of the final horse belonging to death. Despite playing a married couple close in age, Keanu Reeves was 31 and Charlize Theron was 21 during filming. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump's private residential multi-level apartment at Trump Tower was used as Alec Collins' home. Trump's landmark gold decor and classic view of Central Park provided a familiar New York City backdrop. That's, man, it's it's interesting. I, there's been so many like older movies I feel like we've been watching lately and <laughs> Trump is mentioned a lot in them. I know, I know. Judith Ivy plays Keanu Reeves' mother. In reality, she's only 13 years older than him. Woof. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron would go on to star as a couple again in the 2001 film Sweet November. Never seen it. Me either. Keanu Reeves and Connie Nielsen portray DC comic characters. Keanu plays John Constantine, which will be due later this season for Justin. And Nielsen portrays Queen Hippolyta. In Wonder Hippolyta? Woman. Hippolyta? In what? Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Never seen it. <laughs> yeah. And now you froze. It's your turn to freeze. Really? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, man. <laughs> We're trading it. Okay. We're trading it back and forth. Uh, while Justin figures out his camera thing, though, <laughs> we have a quick message from our patron who forced this, Mr. Ginger Thrust. That will play now during the episode because I definitely forgot. <laughs> I haven't listened to it. That's fine. Uh, oh, here, we'll do... hold on. Give me, give me, give me a minute. I'll get it going here. Okay. All right. So I'm always interested in films with Keanu Reeves in them, not just because he's a wonderful human being, but I especially like to watch films where he's kind of out of his element a bit. You know, like he's one of the big action stars of our time with films like John Wick and The Matrix. But when you see him kind of branch out a bit into roles you wouldn't normally see him in, especially in a role like this in Devil's Advocate where he kind of gives in to his own desires and his own wants to be successful, I thought that was really kind of interesting. Plus, the pairing of him and Al Pacino is pretty unique. It's not really something I think you'd see Al Pacino do in a lot of other films. But in this one, I think what appealed to me from a religious standpoint is the fact that it's not one of those films that's about the battle between good and evil necessarily. There's not like this other nicer force that's like helping combat all of the, the evil in it. It's all about sort of just giving in to what you want and be being willing to do whatever it takes to be successful and to be uh, you know, wealthy and, and get all of your desires met and throughout most of this film i think keanu reeves he didn't really even um realize exactly what was going on he was sort of just riding the wave and i think that's kind of indicative to how we are as a society like sometimes we're over we're willing to overlook things in order to like really just experience the things that we want out of this life because we're so sometimes deprived of the basic human needs and, and like just that little extra something that makes life seem a little sweeter. So 
that's why I mainly picked this film. I thought it's one of those that probably didn't do super well when it came out in the box office, but it's it's one that is good for a watch and a reflection. All right. Uh, before we get into it, I have to do a six-second summary, but I do want people to kind of know um, about a trigger warning for this film. There is, like, pedophilia. Mm-hmm. There is incest. Mm-hmm. There is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we talking about that because it's really integral to the plot of the movie. So uh, I just kind of thought... We've covered a couple other ones where we kind of had to have this conversation before, too. Yeah. But this is, like, the first one in a while where I feel like it's really pressing that we get it out there right away. No, I think that's a good call. Um, I have a stopwatch pulled up. If you'll give me a three, two, one, I'll see how good I can do with this. All right, sounds good. Do you ready? Yep. Okay, three, two, one, go. All right, so this film starts off with Keanu Reeves. He's a trial lawyer down in southern uh, Florida, and he is confronted by the fact that his client is a dirty, skeevy, pervy bastard. Uh, but he goes to the bathroom, pumps himself up, and comes out there and still defends him, gets him laid off after demonizing a sexual assault victim. He is then recruited by a lawyer from this mysterious firm in New York City who goes up there and they start luring with all this power. He's doing really well and giving him more and more and more power. And the, the leader is this guy named John Milton. Uh, and while he's gaining more power, his wife is slowly losing her mind, losing her crap in reality. His mom comes up to visit and she kind of slowly reveals to him that her dad is this John Milton character. And not only is that her, her dad, but he's the devil. Keanu goes and confronts him after his wife kills herself in a psych ward by slashing her neck, brutal. Uh, then the devil Al Pacino tries to get him to fuck his sister to create a spawn to take over the world. Keanu says no, shoots himself in the head. We go back to the opening scene where he decides to not defend the pedophile, but the devil is still there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when it comes to plot, I'm, I can, I'm, <sighs> I think it's like it. <sighs> have you seen Rosemary's Baby? No, I have not. Okay, so I reviewed that with the ladies over at Zombie Girls. It's actually part of the first book club I did with them. <laughs> of my sweet Audrina. Wow. Many many moons ago, but what I liked so much about Rosemary's Baby is that. It's very similar to this where this like devil worshiping cult is like gaslighting this woman her husband's a part yeah. of it and yeah. he's like not listening to her and it's like it's seen through her lens okay in this movie about 85 percent of the realization of the devilry right of the, the evilness is being shown through is being witnessed or kind of demonstrated by charlie's Theron's character who is keanu's wife and she is so sidelined in this. Like, she's a gaslight. Like she's I me. Mean, sorry, she's, she's, a, she's a lampshade. She's not yeah. doing anything. Everything's just happening to her. Yeah. And it sucks because, like, things can happen. To, like I said, Rosemary's Baby, that happens in that, too. But we see it from her perspective. Like, we see the devolution. We see her losing her mind. We see her, her husband, like, giving her over. And in this yeah. one, since all this is kind of happening to Charlize Theron's character, and we're kind of going with her husband, Keanu, throughout this, we miss a lot of that. 
Like, this would have been a much more, I think, impactful film if it was shot through that. And if it was, then it's just Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely get behind that because we really only... We don't really... I think there's, like, one thing we see, and then the rest is just uh, Charlie Theron telling us that mm-hmm. something happened. And, and Like, seeing the hands under the flesh and the faces changing. She witnessed. She's the one who witnesses the murder in the park of yeah, that's uh, right. the dad from Beetlejuice. Like, like, like she is like really like the, the impetus like the, the driving force behind yeah. it. But, but like, she is very like sideline. Okay. You took, you told your part now disappear until we need you again, basically yeah. disappear until something else happens that we need you to kind of bridge this gap for us. And, the and I agree. Th- I mean, I, it doesn't lead her character like any credence. Like it, it feels very, forced not by the actors but by the story yeah and it leaves that final sequence when kiana goes and confronts the devil and his sister is there and they want to fornicate and stuff and it's like that sequence isn't really built up because kiano isn't the one kind of witnessing it like he doesn't really start buying into it until his mom confesses in the hospital after charlie's there and kills herself which is like two seconds before this like weird devil fornication thing happens yeah fuck your sister scene (laughs) and and i i don't know and the other thing too that kind of bothers me is that like keanu because he says i have free will you can't control me like the whole thing with the devil right so keanu kills himself and that was really powerful but then he's not actually dead he's like back in that bathroom but he goes and decides not going to do it but the devil's still there to tempt him right and that's kind of pacino's last line right is like like the lust for power is always like there yeah, and I don't as know, he fucking barrels the can down the camera and tells yeah. the viewers this, which was a nineties. That's peak nineties, and so I did not like dislike this movie. Like it's just that I have seen this done better. Do you know yeah, what I that, mean? That's kind of where I landed with it too. Like after I watched it, Michelle and I just kind of sat there and we're like, I mean, it wasn't like a bad movie, but it wasn't no. really. <laughs> good either like it was just like eh. like i agree i i think it's been done better yeah and i just it really sucks that we didn't spend more time with like the unfucked up version of charlie theron's character or because we it, fall down the hole with her yes exactly because it would have made us feel more like attached to this character who's getting tossed around right like in, instead of like yeah she's a lampshade she's just there yeah. to take the abuse so Keanu should be paying attention when he's not exactly and like I said yes. and if you do put her in that focal perspective you have Rosemary's Baby yeah man maybe I should just watch Rosemary's Baby the director is an absolute goddamn piece of shit but the movie itself is scary mm, interesting okay uh, I give it a six and a half a plot oh I give it a four <laughs> I'm a sucker for a devil story. I really am. Like, I think that's always like the temptation of the devil, like trying to bring you in. I am a sucker for that. And like I said, oh, I didn't like man. not like it. It's just we should we should say fuck Sekiro and we should do Constantine next week. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do a. Uh, uh, we both beat it. We aren't pushing. Keon- oh, we know what happens when we push him. No, but I know. Oh fuck, Sekiro. Anyways, let's have a Keanu Reeves fucking back to back week. I can move. Con- the closest I can do is move it up one week. That's the best I could do because everything else is like hard slotted. Mm. Damn. 
Sorry. Fine, fine. I'm sorry. Cinematography. Oh boy. Um, I don't think there's very much special here, to be honest with you. If I'm, if I can just come in and say that. Yeah. Um, I, I think if anything, I, I, there's things that don't age well. I agree. Uh, a lot of like the weird CGI, specifically like the faces, to me didn't really look that good. Predator um, disappearing in the '80s was a lot better than the joggers in the park disappearing in this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just think it was. It's very '90s in its use of CGI. I mean, it's not the worst. No, it's not Event Horizon. The like, and you haven't can... seen Between Worlds when Nick Cage lights himself on fire. That you want to talk about peak CGI that came out in like 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. It's just it doesn't age well, and it doesn't like I don't know. It's just kind of like, if anything, some of it's like laughable. And it really distracts from like the like fear of like these devils and stuff. And uh, other than that, it's just a bunch of skyscrapers. Yeah, because we watched Jacob's Ladder, and we, when we were reviewing that, we were talking about how there's a lot of sequences in that that really kind of sh- like show his perspective of like losing his shit, right? Yes. And in this one, we get a couple of those with Charlize Theron, right? The biggest one is like in the changing room, but even yes. that, the CGI is like not good like it's oh, it's, no, it's a cool sequence but like jacob's ladder did cooler shit than that and it came out seven years prior yeah um and the rest of it was just like the the, the sets and everything were the just gore like, i thought was good what do you think the gore Man, so when of... she had the cuts on her body in the church like that, that looked, looked brutal which she slit her own throat yeah and then keanu shoot himself in the head that piece of like skin hanging off yeah, that looked. Yeah, I would say that looked okay. But my bigger issue with it is that, like, when we're not in like Satan's office, <laughs> everything just looks like very bland and very like. Eh. Yeah, and I feel like if it's Satan trying to like lure in this good man or this man who's on the precipice of becoming a bad man, like, you would think it'd be a He's lot try more a little guil- harder. Or it'd be a lot more gilded until it all yes. fell apart. Yeah. And it was always like it was always like they never kind of fit in, especially Charlie's Theron's character. Yeah. So like I said, the biggest thing is like there's not a whole lot here to write home about. I gave it a six and a half. I gave it a five. It's just very middling. Audio. Justin. I have to Oh, know. Al Pacino is amazing. Okay, I I wonder where you fell on it. Holy shit, he's the devil. He does a very good job. So apparently the devil. Pacino turned it down three times before he accepted it. And the first time he said they should go get Sean Connery. I'm glad they didn't. And the second time they told him to go get uh, House of Cards. The, the the piece of shit actor. Oh. Uh, American Beauty. Ke- Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. I was going to say Kevin Bacon, but I knew that wasn't right. The Those other would be incredibly different movies. I think Sean Connery would have been a bad choice. We have yeah. obviously seen Spacey play evil people and be charismatic about it, so that would be interesting. But should Pacino's bravado and like the way he's like trying to like bring him into the elevator with the two girls, right? And then just like the way he talks to the people around him and the way he controls the room. Like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when he's like, "Hey, go take care of your wife. No one's going to blame you. Yeah. Don't take this case." And, like, it just comes across, like, he's making, like, no, you wanted this. I gave you an out. You fucking yeah. wanted this. Don't come at me. She died because of you. I, I told you to go take care of your wife. This is going to be here when you're done. And it's just, like, 
I think Pacino is like, like I'm trying to think of another person who played the devil who I liked more, and I can't. Like I think it's awesome. I mean, Dave, was it Dave Grohl who played the devil and Tenacious D? Dude, I haven't I seen that Destiny. in so long. Maybe we should do that as a uh, a patron special before. I will tell over. you now. Uh, Michelle and I watch that on a yearly basis. Yeah, I have not seen that. Oh my god, for a we very long time. Love that. Movie. I love. I love Jack Black. But, but no, and it's like so he's great. Yeah, Keanu was way better than I thought he was going to be. Interesting. See, I actually didn't like Keanu in this. I was in my head. I was like, I can see why Larry isn't a big Keanu fan because of this. So this is like one of the few times where I've seen him like do like a like heavy acting, yeah. and it sucks for him because he's next to Pacino or Charlize Theron. So yeah. like there's a lot of times where he's lacking, but this is like one of the few movies where I've seen like Ginger kind of said in his like opening where I've seen Keanu like not be whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm not knocking on Keanu. He for everything I can tell, he seems like an amazing person. He's just not like my cup of tea. Like Yeah. He's not someone who drives me to the theater. And I know I'm in the, the far minority for that. Oh. I thought, I thought he was okay. Charlize Theron, I think it goes back to why my plot score is so low. I wanted more of her. She's the yeah, most interesting character besides the devil. I think she does her, like, she's a fantastic actress. And it's a For shame 21 get, years old? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It's just such a shame that we get next to no time with her at all. Yeah, because, like, there's, like, there's an instance where Pacino's, like, Saying like fix your hair, you should dye it. Like there's all these like very interesting things, and I wanted more between her and Pacino. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I thought she, I thought everything she gave, she ate the fucking scene up. I thought she was perfect. I would not change anything about her. And like I said, I think Keanu looks worse because he's paired between them. Yeah, and there's a Pacino and Theron are Academy Award winning actors. Like <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. so I don't know. I, I didn't. I thought it was good. Uh, the soundtrack, forgettable, but I thought it fit the movie well. Like, I heard it playing when I was doing Six Second Summary, and obviously in the beginning. Yeah, it was... That's the thing, is it, I think it was... It did fit it well, but it is so forgettable. And it ended with Sympathy for the Devil, and you'll never you'll never hear me complain about the Rolling Stones <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I gave it a, a 7. Like I said, Theron and Pacino were great, and Kayana was okay. I give it a six because so the the other thing is like we do get a lot of like other like small bit characters, especially yeah. um, I can't think of his name. The guy who he's like gonna try help get off. Um, oh, oh from True Blood. Yeah. I'm not oh no! Wait, you're you're, you're talking not not the first guy. You're talking about no. What is his? What is that guy's name? He's very famous too. Yeah. He is in um, that movie about the Grim Reaper, or the show about the Grim Reaper. Um, fuck. Dead Like Me. Have you ever seen Dead Like Me? No. That's a good show. Um, Rube Softer. Oh, wait, that might be his character name. Yes, Mandy, Pati- Mandy Patinkin. I don't think that's Mandy Patinkin. That's what it says here. Yeah, that's not Mandy Patinkin. You're wrong. Mandy Patinkin is the guy from Criminal Minds. No, and he was also... Oh, who is that? I don't know. (laughs) It was not Mandy Patinkin. Let me pull up Devil's Advocate. (laughs) 
Because you've seen, you've seen right. Criminal Minds, right? No. You ever seen Criminal Minds? You know the first season? Dude, I... You just said you haven't seen no. it. No, he's he's a guy in Criminal Minds. He was also in... You've seen Criminal Minds, right? No. <laughs> yeah, you know. Craig T. Nelson, by the way. Craig T. Nelson, about. yes. Not Mandy, but take it. <laughs> hey. What? Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. <laughs> How scary? Justin, I have mentioned and referenced Rosemary's Baby a lot yes. in this. Rosemary's Baby, to me, is a very scary film. Especially when you, you realize how much we silence women and don't listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredibly powerful today. This movie does not focus on its most interesting character, who is Charlize Theron. Yep. And so we're going with Keanu, who is never at any risk because he's a son of the devil. And the only time where he does take a risk, where he shoots himself in the head, it gets reversed. In Like, not instantly, but almost instantly. Almost like instantly. It, does, it does take the stakes away from everything. So, um, so that hurts because he's, he's, he's never at any risk. Yeah, that's very fair. Yes. The CGI in the sequences don't help anything. Nope, they're bad. Um, in the end, when it's like a goosebumps cliffhanger, right? <laughs> I mean, you you know what? That is that is the best way to put it because there's something about like just like an actor staring down the barrel of the camera and going, yeah. right? Come yeah. on, yeah, right? yeah, it's 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 a it's a goosebumps cliffhanger, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not scary. There, there's really no part of this movie where I'm afraid. I'm grossed out at times. Like when he goes in there and just obliterates that poor young girl on the stage when he knows his client is literally gross. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's hard when we know that like they, they're lying about the murder of that man's wife and stuff and kid. Like there's a lot of stuff that's like gross, but it's more like watching like law and order SVU than it is watching like the conjuring or anything. Yeah, it, it definitely felt more. It, I mean, it felt more like a police procedural drama than anything else, and not even that because that would at least have like a lot more tension to it. I believe. Yeah. Uh, I don't really watch those shows, but so I don't know. But it, it felt definitely more like a procedural show than. And if you want the scary version of this, watch Rosemary's Baby. And I'm going to because I I, I do, I would like. I, I mean, it's about time. I need to finally sit down and watch Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby. I love to hear your thoughts because I know you aren't a big fan of like the older movies, but like the way, I think after, especially after watching this, I yeah. think seeing this story done as best as it could be, I think maybe you would have a different feeling about it. Okay, I gave it a two. I give it a one. All right, to review our scores. For plot, I gave it a six, and Hedges gave it a four. For cinematography, I gave it a six, and Hedges gave it a five. For audio, I gave it a seven. Justin gave it a six. And for how scary, I gave it a two. Jay gave it a one. That gives it a here's Johnny final score of a forty-eight. I am in full agreement that it is a religious horror film. Religious, well, religious, film. yeah, yeah. Forty-eight. Oh, Marcus. Uh, I had to scroll down a little bit. Not the worst thing he's made us do. Not by far. Um, it is tied with Halloween 3 Season of the Witch and Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh. Right below it, film-wise, is the silent film we reviewed earlier this season, The Seventh Seal. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. And right above that, 
we have the movie Resident Evil Afterlife. Don't ask me which one that is, because I do not remember. Afterlife is, I think... Is that the one where I thought your boy was in the cage? I thought it was the guy you have a crush on, but it's a different actor. He plays uh, Chris Redfield. I think so. Because I I remember going into that, thinking and remembering it was the guy you have a crush on, and I don't think it is him. No, I don't know, man. What one is Afterlife? It's Afterlife, the one with like the Tokyo beginning. Oh, where like, they go underground and uh, just like multiple different worlds. Yeah, fuck. I uh, Res- no, it's one where Wentworth Miller plays Chris Redfield. They're on the they're in that like, prison. Prison. Yeah. Okay, the prison with yeah. a really cool scene in the shower with the quarters and the the axe guy. Right. right. That was a cool scene. Uh, that was a cool know. scene. You know. You know, we're gonna play a quick commercial from a member <laughs> podcast of Kaleidoscope Media Network, and then head on in to the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. I think the roughest thing for Ginger is he doesn't necessarily always pick bad things, but he picks things that aren't necessarily scary. And when a quarter of the score falls to how scary we find something well i mean we we've we've talked about it before that like it's a like you can have a great movie but as soon as that um how scary score how scary it i mean it's gonna tank it yeah and it's it's unavoidable so, guys, to kind of give you a little recap of what we're talking about, next week we'll be doing Sekiro, and we're, that's a forced entry from Ginger Thrust, and we're going to be joined by my buddy Steven. The week after that, we'll be reviewing Resident Evil 4 Remake. So excited. So pumped. Then we have our special for James and the Giant Peach. That's going to wrap up our stop animation segment for or kind of mini thing we've been doing here recently. Then, Justin... I am moving it up right now as we speak. We'll do Constantine. Good. And then followed by that, we have Shannon's fourth film for the season, which is Frailty. I'm trying to think, like, what was the... I have to look at our schedule because these things are starting to blend together. What was the... When was the last time we watched a scary movie? <laughs> So I can pull up the schedule right now, or I can actually. I I'm looking at it right now. Uh, the witch. Sentinel has some creepy scenes in it. I like Prince of Darkness more than you did. Yeah, I did not like Prince of Darkness. And definitely with the mean, Children of the Corn. Omen. The witch was after that. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. It's okay. Only. Uh, I have the end of November last year. I have very strong feelings that you'll find the last actress in scary. 
Okay, only two months to go. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for hanging out. And we actually have a question submitted from one of our patrons for the campfire. So definitely stick around for that. And until next week, stay scary. That one. I moved everything from here over to the other side of my desk, and it's really fucked with me. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.